This is episode 95 of the Gamer Sushi Show. This week, we talk about Mario, Zelda, PUBG, Destiny 2, and our games of the year. Welcome to the Gamer Sushi Show. This is episode 95. I'm Mitch. I'm Anthony. I'm Nick. And I'm Jeff. And it has been, God, two years since our last podcast. So welcome back to, yeah, fe- February of eight of 16, I think. Good Lord. Forgive us, Father. We have sinned. We, we, like, to, we like to take the occasional break between seasons, you know. <laughs> yeah. This is a, like one of those Game of Thrones or Curb Your Enthusiasm type breaks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, no one's paying us for this, so it's really whenever we feel like doing it. Yeah, which happens to be every two years we do one episode. So, right. yeah. <laughs> <Basically>. <laughs> so by like 2025, we'll reach episode 100 and then we quit for good. Yep, pretty much. The math checks out. Eddie will not be showing up, so everyone who's waiting for him can tune out now. Yes. Goodbye, most of the audience. <laughs> yeah, now that we've lost 95% of our listeners, thanks for sticking around. Okay, well, now that the chafe has gone, we can really get down to brass tacks. Yeah, Eddie Eddie got his dream job at Rooster Teeth, and it keeps him very busy, so he has he won't be able to join us, but, you know, we do still... But he's here in spirit. He's here in spirit, I feel like. He's here in spirit. Yeah. He's here in spirit, but the, the real reason is that we're jealous of him and we don't like him anymore, so we don't talk to him. Yeah, that's also true. And he's yeah, and he's too true. big time for us because and he's stuck yeah. in traffic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, all of these things can be true at the yeah. same time. Right? I mean, right? It's Schrodinger's Eddie. He's he's probably not even going to listen to this, so we can really say whatever we want. It's about true, him. actually. <laughs> yeah, he's far too busy to listen to podcasts. So we could talk about the last two years, but we're not going to do that because we're all old and our memories are bad. So instead, we're just probably going to talk about kind of the last six or so months it's kind of the end of 2017 leading into 2018 kind of wrap up with our personal game of the year stuff so i think i think the biggest thing to come out of last year is definitely the resurgence that nintendo has had in 2017 with like the switch coming out and it being like the fastest selling console of all time in north america i think and zelda and mario and like a thousand indie games that are all apparently really great that i need to get to at some point and I mean, like, just judging by this podcast alone, I think the Switch has like an, an 85% install base, excluding Jeff. So, I mean, that's pretty good. Yeah, Jeff doesn't, um, he doesn't like video games anymore. I'm the lone, yeah, I, they, I don't know why you guys invited me to this podcast. I actually like... Because we lost Eddie. Video. I don't believe in video games anymore, so I'm just kind of here to like say mean things while you guys talk about video games. I mean, that's fair. That's what Eddie used to do as well. So, um... Yeah, that's true, actually. I think... Of of the of the remaining people here, I think I was the first to buy a Switch. Or Nick, did you get one before me? You got one before me, didn't you? Yeah. Well, wait. Did I did I get one on launch? I forget. No. I got mine in like July, around the time that Mario Kart and Splatoon two came out. Yeah. No, I got mine on launch. I think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I got mine on okay. launch. Yeah, because I got yeah. that and I got Zelda at the same time. Yeah, so. and I played Zelda on the Wii U, so I didn't yeah. I didn't need it right away. That's right. So did I. Yeah. What was the system seller for you guys? Like, what was the thing that you were like, okay, I had to have it? Was it literally that it was a new Nintendo system? Or was there, like, the Zelda game that you wanted to have? Mario. When I saw the trailer for Mario and he was he yeah. did the T-Rex, he captured the T-Rex, I immediately, like, went on Amazon and bought one. The Mario game didn't come out at launch, though, right? Like, it came no, it out came out in October. Yeah. I would have, if the, the reviews for Zelda were so overwhelmingly, some would say too overwhelmingly uh, positive, that... 
had I, if I didn't have a Wii U, I would have had to buy one because I would have needed to play that game. But I but I had a Wii U, so thankfully I was like I can save a little bit of money for right now. Yeah, same. Like the only reason I held out, I think I held out until like early September or something. The only reason I held out is because I was one of the suckers who bought a Wii U, so I was able to play Zelda on that. Yeah, we were finally rewarded for something. There's a there's a better than even chance that with my uh, with a gift card I have, I may go buy Zelda like this fucking weekend or something and play it again on the Switch. Yeah, the uh, I was I was the only one that didn't have a Wii U, uh, so I had wanted to play Zelda and I had to buy a Switch to play it. I had to, you know what I mean. Um, so uh, like Re- Reggie Reggie Fizeme came to your house and he just busted down your door. He's like, play the game. That's what they don't tell you is they knocked on every door of every person that bought a switch <laughs> and forced them to buy it. That's what that's what right. uh, the big Nintendo doesn't want you to know. Yeah, big Nintendo. So, my thing is I do actually want one, but um I have so many unplayed games at this point in my life and so little time to play them that I've been trying to sort of play it cautiously. Also to be fair, <laughs> I did like I was one of those people who bought a Wii when it was a big fucking deal to buy a Wii. Like you had to like obsessively refresh uh, stocking sites to figure out who the hell had one. So, you know, I'm not quite so ready to jump on launch of a. To be fair, yeah, the Wii didn't have very many great games. It had some, but sure. But like I think I think the the Switch has already proven that it's a much more compelling console. The Switch. The one thing I. I kept saying is I wanted to see sustained success from Nintendo Mm -hmm. and that went out the window the minute I saw Mario (laughs) because I was like you know what if I just get Zelda in this do I need anything else yeah and that's really like I'm quite happy with the decision um like that I mean let's just let's just get right to Zelda because that's like the main thing or you know the, the first thing that came out um there was a lot of like doubts I had about that game like we'd see previews and you're like oh it looks kind of cool but like they're just gonna they're just ripping off the worst parts of Skyrim or this and that they're not gonna know how to do an open world it's their first one you know Nintendo doesn't no that was all wrong like so wrong and it like it kept getting delayed I think it was delayed like three or four times yeah it was supposed to come out in like 2012 or something yeah it's something no something like that it's something something like a, a while earlier but yeah I kept getting delayed and like playing it the like it it's a great callback to the original Zelda mm-hmm. where it was all about exploration and instead of doing you know what I actually tend to like with open world games is sort of like that Arkham City that like the density like the map isn't huge but there's a ton of stuff to do in that area and with Zelda it'd be like you walk forever and maybe sometimes you'll come across something cool or or not but like you just sort of find yourself Oh, what's that over there? And you go over there and you're rewarded with something. That is 100%. Every every single person that has played this game said that exact same phrase that you just said. Oh, what's that over there? And you went over there and it was something cool. Yep. Like that is everybody's experience with this game. And that's, I think, what makes it so magical. The design of that world is so smart because it looks and it is so huge, but... Every 10, not like 10, 20 feet you go, you like something catches your eye in the corner. And then whatever you were doing, you make a quick detour to check that out. Like you're heading towards a shrine, but then over on the right, you see like a camp and you go look at the camp. And then from that camp, oh, you find another shrine on top of a mountain. And like yep. suddenly the shrine you were going for is like halfway across the map just because the breadcrumbs it lays out for you are so well done and well connected that you can't help but just wander off the beaten path and just see what you can find and having the shrines be the fast travel points was a great um 
It's a great thing because like it rewarded you for for doing them because you then you get the fast travel, right? Uh, and you know then you also and you also can upgrade your character and everything. And the shrines are really fun, bite-sized little puzzles. Uh, and that's what I was constantly looking for is shrines. Like I'll just keep following, trying to find shrines, and anything I stumble upon in, in between them is you know like a bonus. Yep. I played it a very similar way. I where it was like yeah, it was it was I I kind of didn't even like like really know where I was supposed to go. I mean, you kind of have an idea of where you're supposed to go, but I just kind of by exploring the shrines, you eventually kind of stumble into one of the one of the four main boss areas eventually at some point, basically. Um, And then like and then it kind of just takes you down that path and then you go do that boss thing and then you pop back out and you're like, all right, well, all right, let me just look for some more shrines. And then it kind of like just slowly like leads you to the next place you need to be because of the way the you know where the shrines are placed you you cover most all of the world so it's it was really smart and and what Mitch was saying I totally agree with you like I would be like I'm going to that shrine over there that's the thing I'm going to so I would head out that way and then I would get distracted on the way and then I'd be like oh well there's this other shrine way closer I didn't even know it was here I'll just do this and then like in the distance oh I see another shrine that's way far in the distance but it's not the original shrine I was going to <laughs> but I want to go to that one because that's where I'm looking right now and then it's like two hours later you've never made it to the original shrine that you were going to yep. but you're not sad about anything you've done either like you just had a blast playing the game and it's one of those games the minute you stop playing it you want to get back to it because there's so many things you left undone 100%. that like I would upset like I'd sit there and I would just sort of like go home and I'd go to work and I'd be like I just I want, when I get home I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do that I'm gonna do this <laughs> and like I would sort of map it out and then uh, I would get to play the game and be like oh what's that and then I'd be gone. <laughs> I think the the best thing is when like once you get out of the opening area, it just immediately gives you a thing where it's just like quest, defeat Ganon right. or whatever That's it's so called. Great. Yeah. And it doesn't and it doesn't tell you what to do. It's just like, okay, here's your end goal and then you figure out the rest. And that's one of those games where it's um it's harder at the beginning than it is, it is near yeah. the middle at the end. Like it's so, it's almost like when I first started playing it and you would just constantly like, you'd lose your weapons, the weapon because of the weapon degradation and the enemies and you sort of stumble upon enemies that maybe you're not supposed to fight yet. And there's really no way to tell like the guardians. Yeah. The guardians. Like when you fight a guard, it's like guardians are terrifying. And then they eventually become like, Oh, they're, they're just a guy. Yeah. I was like, Oh my God, they made dark Souls Skyrim. Like this is way too hard. And then the game gets easier. And then you sort of figure out, the correct way. One of the big criticisms I have with the game is the weapons decay so fast that it actually makes more sense to just run past the enemies. Like, if you have a sword you like and you don't want it to break, because if you fight a group of enemies, there's a chance the swords break. Like, I mean, I'm within Jeff, like, within maybe like seven or eight hits sometimes. And so then you're like, I'm going to fight this group of four goblins. I'm going to lose two weapons and maybe get one weapon better. That is um, it's not worth it. So you just run past enemies, and that's sort of that's when the game kind of like okay, I this is a better way for me to play it right now. So I, I, it loses points for that, but it's still great. It's definitely weird that they kind of like front loaded all the difficulty because you I know you have like three hearts, you have like a really tiny stamina meter, and also like pro tip for anyone who hasn't played this game yet, like do not sleep on stamina because I didn't start putting no yeah upgrade your stamina yeah 
Yeah. I didn't start putting points or whatever into stamina until like way later. And I only had like two and a half circles and it is, it makes a huge difference, but you can climb and you can do so much more. Yeah. You can hang on to your glider forever, but yeah, like anyways, I kind of sidetracked myself there, but <laughs> That's it's kind of weird that they like, they front loaded all the difficulty because by the end of the game, I was having like, I found this one particular enemy, the big one-eyed guys, I forget what they're called, the Hinox or something. Yes. And they had they had the necklace of weapons, right? So I found a particular one that um, had royal weapons, like royal bow, royal shield, and royal sword on its neck. And I could just walk up onto its neck, grab all of them, and run away without fighting it. So at the end of the game, once I had found that, I basically had like an inventory full of pretty close to like the top tier weapons. So I was just able to walk through a bunch of combat encounters. But at the beginning of the game, I'm like, you know, conserving a freaking spear or a torch because it's the only thing I yep. have. And I'm like running around with a pot lid and a, and a stick, basically. Yeah. Just like praying I survive. And then like 120 hours later, it's not a huge concern. So it just kind of like getting into the game is definitely like really tough. And like I can see a lot of people bouncing off of that. It is it is not a Nintendo family friendly like game where it like holds your hand and walks you through it. It is, it, it, it is not very inviting at first. Like, right. I mean, the, the one thing I'll say is like, you actually do feel yourself getting more powerful yes. on like a different game. We'll talk about later potentially, but you can see like a noticeable increase in your strength because you are making a difference. And like the Lynels at one point are like the most terrifying. And they're like, they're tougher than the bosses. The Lynels are frightening. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. They're very, very tough. But by like, by the hundredth hour, I was just like killing them for fun, you know, just because I had reached that point. Yeah, it's it's very Dark Souls in that way, where like at first you're like, yeah. I don't want to fuck with this guy, and next you're like, bring it on. Yeah, I mean that is that is kind of obviously you, you guys know me. I've played the hell out of Dark Souls, so <laughs> comparing it to Dark Souls just uh, that's why I'm doing it makes me want to play it. I know, I know, it's all part of your track. <laughs> Literally, the game that I play. I played the most in the last two years was Dark Souls three, and I played it like more than a hundred hours. So yeah, I'm an an addict uh, on that level. But Jeff, Jeff, you are going to have a switch being shipped to your house by the end of this podcast. <laughs> You're like normally in the podcast we play like a game like over under or whatever. No, the game this time is to get Jeff to put a switch in his Amazon cart by the time we're done. <laughs> Guys, listen, you know how many times that I have put a, a switch into my Amazon cart, looked at it, and then pulled it out of the the cart. <laughs> Oh, at least at least as many times as I have, Jeff. Yeah. Oh, it just keeps happening. I really, I, I really want to get one. The only question is, will will Jeff go with the blue and red Joy Cons or the gray ones? Oh, actually, that's oh. a good question. What does everybody have here? I don't even know. I have gray. Mitch, I have the Splatoon pink and green. Mm. Oh, fancy. Which is a Walmart exclusive. <laughs> I also have the uh, the gray because I'm boring. No, I, it's it's the sophisticated adult. It's the one true color. Um, something that I want to bring up that I think is really interesting because you guys talked about how like people can kind of easily bounce off this game. Something that I've heard that I find really interesting is uh, almost in opposition of that, or I, maybe not, but I've heard that a lot of people that love this game didn't really play Zelda games before this game came out. I could see that. Yeah, People would talk about like, this was the first Zelda game that ever, like, I got invested in. I tried the other ones, and they were okay, but, like, I didn't, like, I don't know. It just didn't grab me. And then they played Breath of the Wild, and it was, like, some some of these people, they're, like, it's my favorite video game of all time, hands down, which is which I find really interesting yeah. because 
you would think that a game that had that much like I don't want to say friction, but you know, at least a little bit of resistance wouldn't get people that involved in it that it would become their favorite. I don't know, but it is it is deep. I think the orig- the the old Zeldas had so much structure to them, and this one is just pure freedom. That even if you aren't doing what you're supposed to be doing, you know, like yep. the quest, and even if you kind of don't know what the hell you're doing, you could still yep. have a good time. Like you 100%. could still yeah. just explore, and you could, I mean, you could just treat it as like just I'm just going to explore, and not do anything. Yeah, I I know people that have talked about they were like they were like I'm, I'm sure both both of you guys have kind of the similar experience like i wonder if i can do this yes and like turns out yes. you can usually yeah there's a way they figured out to do it like in normal open world games it would like you know they would break the game yeah but nintendo being nintendo and being brilliant at game design like built in ways for you to break the game like it's it's i, I don't it's it's the only game ever where it's like I see that mountain over there. I want to climb on top of that mountain. And you know what? You can climb on top of that mountain. It's like what Todd Howard said about Skyrim back in the day. It's like, you see that mountain, you can go there. Yeah, and the, you couldn't. Yeah, that's the that's like the log line for every open world game. But like Nintendo Pretty actually much. gave you a reason to want to go to that mountain. Right. Yes, because like there was probably a shrine on top of yeah, it. Yeah, there'll be something there. Yeah. The last little criticism I want to mention is the, the, the sort of like the reason that um, I would get... I was a little disappointed with certain aspects of it, and one of them was the dungeons were not. There was only four, and they were they were they were okay, but they weren't as good as like past Zelda dungeons. Which, you know, which is fine. There's other things to do in the game, and the shrines are sort of. I like puzzles more than like anything else in dungeon in Zelda games. Right. Yeah, I love I love the shrines. But the boss battles, Zelda boss battles, have historically been pretty epic, awesome encounters, and these were easy. I beat everybody on the first try except Ganon which took the second try um so that was disappointing that like all of the bosses were very very simple to beat um have you played any of the isn't isn't Master Quest much harder Master Quest the Ocarina of Time thing no the what is it called what's the 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 DLC for Breath of the Wild has like a Master Quest version oh no I haven't I haven't played that yet I might I might do that yeah I haven't touched that either I'm gonna see what kind of hard it is because you know there's like oh these guys are different and more challenging and then there's like they just have a ton of health right so I'll, I'll look into that though yeah so from one Nintendo game that tore down its entire structure to build something new we have the other Nintendo game this year that is basically just a huge celebration of the greatest hits of the series which is Mario Odyssey it's the ultimate nostalgia the thing that's so great about this game compared like Zelda is a brand new like they broke Zelda to fix Zelda and Mario is just a refinement of everything that makes Mario so good. It's complete opposite directions and Nintendo is able to pull both of them off like spectacularly. Agreed. It's kind of funny cuz they they both have a similar thing where just like you know Zelda you're always looking for the shrine or the next thing where in Mario you're always looking for the next moon and the moons are so smart like they're placed really intelligently and there's so many of them and there's so many of them that just like it's kind of the same thing where Zelda you're just like oh can I do this thing I can yeah in Mario you're just like is there a moon if I if I butt pound this Goomba is there gonna be a moon inside the Goomba and like yes yes, generally there is a moon in the Goomba you're constantly rewarded for experimentation and exploration and that is just like it's great it's just so so much fun. It's a huge love letter to the Mario, the 3D Mario series. There's even like yes, even 2D, even 2D, and the attention to detail and the polish is so good. Like, I you guys 
saw it because you shared it in the Slack, but like for people who haven't seen it, there's this video showing that when you guide yourself along the power lines, the pitch of the power lines will change to match the background music. Really? Yeah, and it will change when you go between areas. So like if you're in a town, it's got one um you know tone of music and you're you ride the power line to a different area and the music changes the tone of the power line will change to match that new music that's just attention to detail is is yeah yeah like that's that's the level of care and polish that went into mario yeah also if you if you go into there's like 8-bit sections of it where you go into like 2d flat world it takes the music that's playing and makes it like chiptune-ified and then if you go underwater, it changes the song and makes it – it doesn't just mute it. It actually changes the song slightly when you're underwater. Uh, but it's like – but it's still recognizable for like that world's song. It's so – it's such a small thing, but it's so smart and so well done. It's like – it's a true like mastercraft of like – Every detail, every T is crossed, every I is dotted, like, true game design. It's it's very joyful. Like, there's a part in New Donk City where there's, like, a celebration. And oh, so good. I had a smile on my face the entire yep. time. This is the only game, maybe of my life, but, like, this is definitely... I've played, like... I played, I played 28 games this year. <laughs> like, new games. Oh, my God. And the Mario is the one game that... Uh, I we would be playing it, and I would just say, "This is so much fun!" Like I was just mm-hmm. having so much fun when I played this game. Uh, that like I just, I don't know. It's it might be my favorite Mario. It might actually eclipse Mario World. I have to I have to put some distance and like reflect. But it's one. It's it's definitely one of the best Mario's of, of all time. I really love Super Mario Galaxy, the first one. That's a really good one too. I played the second one, but it was like punishingly difficult. And I really like by the end of the game, I wanted to throw my controller through the screen because I was so pissed off. Yeah, it was it was for people who like, hey, did you master the first game? Well, guess fucking what? (laughs) It was the Dark Souls of Mario. Yes. Well, what is it like after you beat Galaxy? There's the extra levels you can get. And basically Galaxy 2 was like nothing but extra levels. Yeah. It's designed to punish. I think you'll find that Mario Galaxy has a lot in common. Sorry, Mario Galaxy has a lot in common with Mario Odyssey um as does mario 64 for reasons mm-hmm. uh there's there's even a bit of like mario sunshine in there i mean just really every 3d mario game and some 2d games got a nice little nod and cappy is just cappy is a really great addition like it should feel gimmicky like flood does in mario sunshine but it manages to feel like a really integral part of the game yeah yeah and what's great about uh cappy is it adds so much variety uh, to the different things that you can do because there, you know, there'll be enemies like, oh, there's a Goomba here, so I have to do something with this Goomba, or you know, that kind of thing. Um, or like, there's this other creature here, so like, like it, by enemy placement, there's so many different like possible solutions to different things, or it sort of gives you clues that like, oh, there might be something here I can do. Yeah, if there's a bullet bill or whatever, it's like, oh, I'm gonna have to use him to get somewhere that I couldn't get if I was Mario. My favorite thing about this game is the way it sort of just runs through these amazing game concepts. There's this one uh, character called Uproot. He's like an enemy. Um, And he's like basically an onion-looking thing, and you capture him, and when you hold down the jump button, his legs, like, extend like he's, like, on stilts. And then you let go, and he does, like, a little hop, so you can, like, get up to higher places like that. That's the kind of thing you could almost build a whole game around like a whole platform game and it's just this fucking throwaway thing 
right. that they just did. There's another one called Pokio, and he's fantastic. He's like a bird with like a long beak, and you can jump and peck into the wall, and then like you hold down the stick and he fl- and let go, and he flings himself up, and then you press the button again, and he pecks, and you can like propel yourself up a wall by like flinging and pecking uh, into the wall, like you're mountain climbing, kind of. Oh, that sounds amazing. I haven't gotten I haven't gotten that guy yet. I'm still on. I'm on the ruined kingdom. Okay. Yeah. So like just another, like the, the, you can make a whole game about this and it's just, Hey, it's just another thing they did. It is true. It's a love letter to all the old stuff, but also it does a bunch of fun new stuff. Like it, it's kind of like, Hey, did you like that mechanic in this other game? Like in like uh, Mario 64 or, or Mario galaxy or whatever that it was, it was like, Hey, we have kind of a, we have that mechanic in this game and we have like a dozen new mechanics that we've added on. Like, right. <laughs> it's crazy how, like, I don't know. It's, it's, I was talking to, I don't remember if I was, I think I was talking on the Slack about this, but it was like, it almost feels like this is like the last Mario game. I mean, it's not, but like, it almost felt like if you were given the mission to be like, make the very last Mario game include like everything that's great about Mario into one game and honor all of its different iterations and different generations. You would come up with Mario Odyssey basically. Yeah. 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 I I see that. Like, I don't even know where you go from here. Like I, I I mean, like after this, does Mario go into retirement to milk sea cows on an Island or something? Your your (laughs) comment there about this being (laughs) the last Mario game. (laughs) This makes me think that for the next Mario game, they should do like what they just did with Zelda, Zelda which is yeah. find a way to like break it and yep. make, hey, make an open world, like true open world Mario game, you know, do something like that. It's a first person shooter where Mario does a rap concert in the Middle East and he gets paid with a crystal skull. Okay, listen, and then it what, gets if, stolen. what if you drop 100 Marios on an island? Okay. <laughs> with that segue... I think we're going to spend a couple minutes here talking about Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, which is PUBG. PUBG, which is like the breakout hit of 2017. Everyone except for Jeff and Anthony <laughs> have, has played this game. Everyone in the world, like your mom has probably played this game. Uh, it's huge. I think it's the the biggest selling PC game of all time. But the the funny thing is, like PUBG is so popular and it's so immense, and so many people played it that there's like kind of not anything new to say about it. Like Nick and I have played a lot, and yeah, uh, just chicken dinner count. I'm up to six now, uh, so you know I'm eating pretty good over here. I can't believe chicken uh, chicken dinner became like a thing. It's a thing. It's a. It thing. was the yeah. stupidest thing that like your lame uncle or boss would say, <laughs> and then like all of a sudden it's like it's a fucking thing now. I'm like, oh god. Yeah, now everyone's like, I want that chicken dinner. Yeah, it's like it's part of the game lexicon. Like it is the new GG. It's something frat boys say. You know what I mean? Explain to me why I would ever want to play. Like it's it's a massively multiplayer game with one map, right? It's got two. It's got two maps. Two maps. Okay. <laughs> there's like there's like a there's like a pretty generic like forest type slash industrial type map, and there's a desert map. But basically, most of it most of it happened on the one map. Most of it happened on the one map. The uh, the new map, the desert map, didn't come out until December twenty first. I think is when one launched. Jeff, what if it was like explained to you as if it's like Dark Souls, mm. but a shooter? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Jeff, like I don't think this game is for you because it is one hundred percent a multiplayer shooter. Yeah, and and that's the thing for me, like. I have a really hard time with multiplayer games. For some reason, the first Titanfall really 
I really liked that one, but no other multiplayer game has ever clicked for me. Like, I didn't like the Halo games. I didn't really. I guess Mass Effect Three, but that was Horde mode. So like, it wasn't. It wasn't a versus, but like this game, like, and the way the game is played has evolved a lot. But a lot of it boils down to you hiding for anywhere between five to thirty minutes, just like frightened that you're gonna run into somebody and then you're gonna die. See, the reason I think the reason I think you would like it is the reason I think you might like dark souls uh-huh. is that tension that like tension of like what's gonna happen what's gonna happen oh my god, oh my god did i make the right decision blah, blah, blah. and like yes i haven't even played it but from what i've heard that's how, that, what type of game this is and it makes me go oh that sounds good it's just i suck with the mouse and keyboard so i don't even want to try right yeah like for every for every like 10 to 20 minutes of boredom there's like five minutes of like sheer terror and excitement especially when you're playing with a group of three other people in squads it's just like you're talking about oh there's a guy over there like to and they have a a compass on the top of the screen so you're talking like oh there's a guy like east 355 and then like three people start firing at him and then one guy's like i'm gonna flank him and then you run around the left and then his then the other team's buddies start coming over and then there's just this huge firefight breaking out and hopefully you make it through and then you loot their bodies for any like ammo or med kits they might have. And that's the thing is there's like there's there's a rhythm to the game. There's like this like all right, we landed, maybe you're going to fight someone here, maybe you're not, but like we've landed, we've kind of like got our bearings. Let's go gather supplies. We've gathered our supplies and then now there might be a little firefight here or maybe not. Let's go find more supplies. And then you go through this kind of like this it's just ebbs and flows there's like waves of the game and it's like very boring parts and then incredibly exciting to parts but it's like the thing about this game that gets you is like its highs are higher than all other highs yeah <laughs> like when when it's great it's the greatest game you've ever played mm-hmm. oh yeah when shit's popping off you're just you can't get any you can't get any better than PUBG. yeah and, th- and that's the thing is like it's surrounded by a lot of like anticipation like what anthony said like anticipation for that moment but like it, when you're when you're in the middle of it like when you wipe out another squad or like maybe another squad come and flank but like you're you're fighting a squad and then another squad comes in and flanks both of your squads and now you're in like this three squad situation and let's say that you get out of it your whole squad gets out you've killed the other two like after that moment you're like holy shit that was fucking cool like it's there's there's nothing like it's a it's like a tactical military shooter like it, it it doesn't sound like anything that would be as fun as it is yeah but it god damn it's fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i so it is actually like the the fact that it relies on mouse and keyboard on the pc that's i don't have a good setup for that right now like really my my pc is a is a uh a very powerful console because I really it's it's hooked up to my TV, so I need a, a controller. Yeah, and apparently, apparently, PUBG is just like broken to hell on Xbox. Right. So. Well, don't you need like an Xbox One X to even play it, and then it's still broken. You can, you can play it on any, but it's probably more broken on the uh, the vanilla the vanilla X bone. Yeah, I mean, you need you need a pretty beefy PC to even like get decent frame rates, and it's not because it's the prettiest game in the world is because it's not it's better it's been better since 1.0 came out right yeah but it's just because it's like it's not optimized right I mean, it's right. made by a small team or like one fucking dude i don't know but it's like it's not like battlefield right where it's like you have like 200 dudes optimizing code all the time right so that it runs on all hardware or like you know any valve game yeah but um 
it, it it's it's this is gonna sound weird, but like it's not polished. It's because it's not polished, it's janky. It's, it's kind of janky, and like sometimes it's weird, and you die in weird ways, and you're like, I don't even know what happened there. But like, it's 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 like the imperfect thing that you kind of love. Yeah, like it's like uh, it's like a puppy with a broken leg or something. Like it's like, <laughs> the fuck. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. Is that terrible? Now I'm sad about puppies. Yeah, this poor puppy. What happened? <laughs> Maybe it has one eye. Oh. No, in the way that you care about it. Like it's uh-huh. like it's like oh, this poor puppy. Like it's like because uh, it's this kind of broken game that doesn't work right all the time. You kind of love it for that. Yeah. Right. It's or. Maybe a three-legged dog. Would that be a better a better example? Sure, sure. yeah. Three-legged yeah. three dog. So listen, one, 100 puppies are dropped into an island, and you have to pet all of them. <laughs> so uh, just before we move on, something I thought would be fun, just because like when PUBG launched, it was kind of its only thing, and now we've seen like oh, yeah. Fortnite and I think I think Warface, I think, is the name of that game. Jesus Christ. And no, I'm not kidding. Warframe? No, no, no. Warface. Warface. He's not kidding. Warf- okay. Uh, that's That makes me sad. It's Crytex free-to-play shooter. Uh, everyone go invest in Crycoin. And Crycoin. It's the hot new cryptocurrency. And Paladins, mm. I think, have all yes. added like 100-player mode. Yep. So I thought it would be kind of fun if we picked maybe like a couple games that we think would be good candidates to get battlegrounds modes in 2018 okay uh just because everyone's going to be like grabbing onto this hot new trend so i'll kick it off i think i mentioned this in the slack but i think the metal gear survive game is a pretty good candidate to get a battle royale mode at some point in 2018 i could see that i also could see um i don't know if they're i know they've been updating it but i don't know if they would update it enough to this or whether they'd wait for part two but i think the division would definitely do something like oh, that. Oh, that would be so good for the division. Oh, that would be really good for the division. What about this might sound a little weird, but like what about like an uncharted game that did a battlegrounds? I think that would be really cool. Right? 100 100 drakes are dropped into an island and they have to outsnark <laughs> each other. Wait, wait, wait. No, Nick, The Last of Us Part 2 because mm-hmm. you got the crafting there all that yeah i think that would be already survival and it's kind of survival right yeah it's kind of it's almost more of like a day z feel but like that still works i think that would be perfect if this doesn't happen now i'm gonna be pissed right it's 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 like day z but it's actually coming out yeah i'm gonna say the next telltale (laughs) game has a a battlegrounds and it's gonna be terrible but yes and of course the obvious (laughs) ones are, are battlefield and call of duty I, th- I think a Call of Duty. I was I was saying I said this in the Slack. I think because Call of Duty, you know, has their like free for all mode where it's just everybody against everybody. If you just did like sixteen players free for all like elimination, where you know the last man standing wins on the regular maps that they already have, I w- that's a fun mode. I would play that all the time. You have to stop ninety nine preteens from trying to fuck your mom. <laughs> I mean that happens even outside of games, so I don't know what you're talking. That's yo, that's daily, dude. That's daily. <laughs> And then uh, I think Far Cry Five is another candidate that could probably see. Yeah. Oh, Far Far Cry is the Far Cry is the number one title that makes the most sense to do this. Red Dead Two, I think I could see it because they're already trying to experiment with it with GTA. Yeah. GTA Online has like two or three battlegrounds modes. I could see that for sure. But yeah, Far Cry is the number one. That's gotta be. That's gotta be. I think there are some good candidates for you know like some AAA ones that can come in and apply it to their own thing and make it. It won't be as popular but i think they could like do a good good killing of it and probably refine it in a way that um pubg is currently unable to but it's it is actually really interesting if you look at like i mean fortnite's numbers are pretty big 
with what they've been able to do. Yeah, it's almost it's almost um, uh, shameful in a way. <laughs> That's like really, you guys. It helps that it helps that they're on PS4, whereas PUBG is only on two consoles, and Fortnite's on three. Yeah, and 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 that Fortnite is free. That's a big thing. I downloaded it and tried it out, and I was like, mm, this sucks. Yeah, it's okay, but I mean, like. Well, I think the thing is, is like Fortnite didn't really even know what it was. It it was like it was a little bit malleable, right? So like it could become this battle royale game because it wasn't even really a hundred percent committed to what it was before. Do you know what I mean? Well, it definitely isn't now. Yeah. The other the other thing is like Epic helped Bluehole build the technology on Unreal for PUBG, and then they're just like, oh, we're just going to use this on our own game. So that I think that helped too. No, if you build it on top of it, I mean. Right. Yeah. But anyways, from from the highest highs of PUBG, we must now move on to the lowest lows. Oh, no. Of 2017. Let's talk about Andromeda. Well, you know what's funny is that like, okay, let let me tell you what I did for Mass Effect Andromeda. You guys, I pre-ordered it. You guys all told me it was awful. I returned it to Amazon and lost money on it. (laughs) Honestly, I think you came out ahead. (laughs) No, yeah, believe me, you won in that transaction. All right, this is going to be real brief. Fuck that game and everybody who made it. Yeah, dude. Honestly, Andromeda, it should be buried in the desert wherever they're burying burying those E.T. cartridges, man. Andromeda is horrible. Mass Effect doesn't deserve to be there with E.T. It is shit. It needs to be in its own ditch by itself. E.T. was a fantastic game compared to that piece of shit. It's so sad because Andromeda literally killed Mass Effect. Yeah, they shuttered the studio and just basically put it on the shelf, uh, Mass Effect on the shelf, and said, eh, maybe in a couple of years when you guys have forgotten about this. Yeah, maybe maybe once Anthem has gotten Bioware back some of its goodwill, we can bring back Mass Effect. Yeah, after we after we DLC you to death. I think they're releasing a, a actually releasing a uh, Mass Effect tie-in novel this year. I think I feel like I saw something about that. Is that is that what happened to the Corian arc because they had to drop that DLC because the game did so poorly? Possibly. I think it's literally I swear to god I saw something about it. I saw that they're releasing the in universe novel from Dragon Age 2 that the dwarf wrote. Oh my god. And I just like, "Oh wow, you guys are like hard in high town." Yeah, it's going to be actually released and I was like, "You guys are so up your ass on your asses." Oh wait, no. That's what I was thinking of. I'm sorry. I thought so. It, this is pretty wild. I mean, just think back to when we used to do the podcast regularly and we would talk about Oh, no, you're right, Jeff. There is one. Sorry, Nick. Uh Mass Effect 2. I mean, think about it. like that wasn't that that long ago, but like that is like considered by some to be the greatest video game ever made and i mean it's it's up there for me but like from that high to like we're canceling we're canceling everything like it's crazy (laughs) this was supposed to be the start of a new trilogy and you could tell because they tied they had a bunch of loose ends that they let go for like dlc and the sequel um, I hear I had I didn't get that far. I got to about I don't know fifteen twenty hours in, and then I punched myself in the head when I woke up. I traded the game back. <laughs> Honestly, at that point, your facial animations would have looked better than the ones the game launched Ooh. with. Yeah, tell me about it. I got far enough to bang the little the cute little Scottish number on the ship, and then I was like, I'm done. Well, I respect that. Gotta get in those bangs. I mean, yeah. come on. I had to get at least one bang in. Like it was, God, it was just so bad. Like, okay, I will admit I respect what they were trying to do. I think I can see past all the horrible menus and dialogue and non-existent story and terrible quests and awful characters, awful characters and bad animations. Like I'm past all of that. I think I can see a glimmer of what they were trying to do, but they just bungled it 
so hard that it's irredeemable at this point. I thought that the very plot concepts that they were talking about were awful to begin with. It was not what I was... We're going to go to a new galaxy. Okay, I'm like, okay, well, everything I like about Mass Effect is in the galaxy you're leaving behind. I like those aliens. I like the politics. I like all the factions. I like everything that's good is there. But they just they just they just brought all of that with them. Like yeah, they just brought all of it with them. Yeah. And a new galaxy where none of it really matters. I know. And also they brought a whole citadel with them, but it doesn't have like the same feel, character, or yeah, and character or in like like history and everything. It was just like it's it's the classic case of people who don't understand what people like about their game. Yeah. And so they just, like, did their own thing. And really what it is, and we I think we talked about this on the cast long ago, um, they were scared of the ending of Mass Effect 3, and they didn't want to, like, pick a side or come down on it, so they just ran literally to the next fucking galaxy to get away from it. Yeah. And it's like, be bold, have a vision. Say, okay, you know what, it was the red ending, you killed all the Reapers, everyone lived happily fucking ever after until this game starts, and then things turn to shit. Right. I mean, the the writing of the game is so slap dash. Like they made they make a huge deal of your crew being the first person to like come into contact with the the knuckles, the echidna looking people. I free, I honestly forget what they're called. <laughs> Me too. And like they make a big deal, like your your first contact, like you're the first time these two species have ever come together. And then literally like ten hours later, you go to this pirate planet where it's revealed that the outcasts from the ship and these races have been living together for months beforehand. Yeah. And it's just like really like you're not even keeping track of your own lore to that degree. Like first contact for you, but not really. Yeah. And like, they make a big deal about like, what don't, we're going to make first contact with an alien race from another galaxy. Don't fuck it up. And what do you do? You shoot them. Yeah. Instantly. The first ones you do. Oh, they've got our, they've got a guy. They're holding him like prisoner. It looks like they might kill him. Let him die. You've got like a whole human race. That's like here in an arc, like trying to, and like not human race too, but like all these other species that depend on this interaction and you just open fire. I mean, that's, that's the aliens fault for being in the tutorial level. Man. <laughs> like they should have known they were going to get shot. That's true. They should have been in level two. Yeah. So yeah, it was just completely disappointing and just <sighs> yeah, like it, if you did not play Mass Effect Andromeda when it came out, you made the right choice. Do not play it. I know that uh, it, it, he's not here, but in, here in spirit, Eddie Rivas uh, told me that he is never been more disappointed with a game than with Mass Effect Andromeda. I I can agree with that. I can agree with that. So for the second disappointment for this year, because neither none of us played. Star Wars Battlefront. I did. <laughs> Star Wars Battlefront is also awful. EA is killing everything. It is. Continue. So Destiny 2 fucking sucks. That's, that's what I got to <laughs> say about it. Destiny 2 is one of my top five, one of my top ten games of the year. It was great. And I loved it. I played it for about 60 hours. And uh, until they release new content, I'm not touching it again, though. The, the the thing is like destiny destiny 2 has it feels like destiny the guns still feel good mm-hmm. but everything else that i liked about the original destiny they got rid of like they got rid of the subclass trees so you're basically confined to one or two choices so there's no real subclass customization they got rid of all the random weapon rolls which sounds good to me because i like hunting for god rolls was honestly not a really fun grind but all the perks are bad they got rid of like armor customization. They put a lot of the stuff that you would get for playing the end game behind the Eververse. They got rid of all the collectibles, like the dead ghosts and stuff. They basically took out all the grind of, from Destiny and then just made it like a straightforward shooting experience, which for some people is good. But for me, it was just like, this isn't Destiny. This is this is a nice little shooter you can play occasionally. Right. I mean, it's it's Destiny is is still like 
probably the best feeling shooter out there. Like, right. It just feels good to play that game. It's like really Bungie is really good at making shooters and they make the best feeling ones. Um, and they did do a lot of good stuff in like making the game to where you don't have to play it all the time. They took out, like you said, they took out like a lot of the grind to make it more accessible, which is, which sounds great in theory. And I mean, it is good, but they did it at the, like the deficit of people who actually want to play the game a lot. Like it's almost like the game doesn't want you to play it a lot. Like it, it it almost like de incentivizes you to like to to play it like yeah makes leveling slower the more you play I think wasn't that a thing where it was like it it would it would give boost to leveling and then those boosts would would um fall off and then right it was a thing until the community did the math and they were like hey this is happening yeah and then Budgie was like whoops that's a mistake right and then do yeah like sitting there and grinding for a god roll uh, matador was not the most fun thing but for some people it was the most fun thing yeah and when and when you got it you were like oh baby like those 15 hours were worth it right and it's like you you can still do a thing like they need and they're trying to do this right now they keep releasing all these these uh these declarations that we're listening to you and we're fixing it and whatnot and they've they've added the uh what is it? Not masterclass. What is the thing? Masterworks. Masterworks. Yeah. Uh, the weapons to where it's like, oh, they have different roles and different perks now. But it's, it's, it's just like they, they took out. They went too far. They took out all yeah. of it. Like they yeah. went to. They went from uh, an extreme of like, you grind and maybe get nothing, to now you can't even grind to get anything. Yeah. And then they had the whole thing with the Eververse where, like, there were certain items that were only available on the Eververse. You could not get them in the regular game, which is not good. And I think that they've now said that they're reversing that stuff. They're th- they're thinking about reversing it. Right. Because yeah. it's like, that's just, that stuff should be in the loot pool. There, sh- there should be nothing that you can't get by playing the game. Right. Well, I mean, like, specifically the way it worked in Destiny 1 is, like... The sparrows and the shaders and the ships, that that was all in the loot pool that you could get by playing the activities. And pretty much the only thing you got through Eververse were like ghost ghost and emotes. Yes. Which is, which is fine. Like, I, I'm okay if... And even emotes started dropping from the loot pools at a certain point. But I'm okay with paying for emotes and stuff. But if you're taking out things that you can like customize your character with to that degree, like you're taking out ships, you're taking out sparrows, and the shader system... The, like, the shader system is so stupid... You get you get one shader that can apply to one piece of gear, and it's a consumable. So once you apply it to that piece of gear, it's gone forever. Yeah, the way they did shaders was very, like, we want you to spend money. Right, pretty much. Like, And Luke Smith, was, Luke Smith said, oh, if you need more shaders, just go run that activity. But no one's going to do that. No one's going to be like, hey, guys, I need the raid shader, so let's go spend six hours running the raid so I can get enough raid shaders to put on my new gear. I think I think some people actually probably do do that, but but I see <laughs> I see your point. 
Sure, I'm. But yeah, but it would be like we'd be like, hey, we're gonna go run Vaults of Glass again. Everyone, throw on Chatter White and let's go do it. Like that'll be a fun thing to do. It's like, right? Well, Chatter White's a consumable. Yeah. Uh, what if you used it all? So you can't just like do that. Like what? Like it's just uh, it. It just why did they do that? That was dumb. My main critique with I I like the game. I like that they made it where it's a game that you can put down and come back to. Like you don't have to be playing it every day. But my main complaint is once, uh, well, one, uh, I didn't like the raid. Um, yeah, the raid was bad. That, that was my main thing. Like, once you understood it, it got fun. And once we beat it, I had a good time the night we beat it. But um, once I beat it, I was like, I don't want to do this again. <laughs> and then right. the DLC, the expansion that I you know paid for, uh, just added a different layer to it. I haven't even really heard anything about the new layer because uh, I sort of just been tuning it out, but like I don't want to. I wanted a new raid. Like to me is like I, the reason I do the grind is to, so I can do the raid. And they didn't give me a new raid. I don't want to do the grind. Yeah. So it's that yeah. simple. Yeah. And then they yeah. the, the raid gear didn't even like matter. It wasn't even like I mean you know like back in yeah. Destiny One like when you did a King's Fall like you got gear that m- made sense to ru- like for when you ran King's Fall. Right. Yeah, and like I have with with the lack of uh, random rolls, which I'm mostly I was mostly okay with, but it just sort of didn't like I have the guns I like. Why would I ever trade them, change them now? Yeah, like right. I know exactly what I love these guns exactly the way they are. I don't want anything new. It's funny because before release, Luke Smith said, you know, when somebody gets a better devils and then they get their thousandth better devils, how do we make that thousandth better devils as exciting as the first one? And like you can't, you can't if it's the same gun every time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't make it's amazing. Like they, they did some huge steps forward and then there's some parts where they basically like almost stripped it to the bare bones of pre vanilla destiny one. Yeah. And I don't understand like the disconnect. This almost seems like another case of people not knowing what people like about their game. Yeah. Yeah. Like like we like the shooting, we wanna play it, give us a reason to play it, and that's it. Like you know, content and you know, meaningful like rewards. That's Basically, all people want. Which, which is kind of funny because on the day we record this, Bungie has released their like third or fourth. Hey, we've heard you were changing heel turn. Hey, we're sorry. Yeah, they've released their third or fourth like big apology of what they're doing in the next few months to get you to come back to Destiny Two, and basically they're turning it back into Destiny One in some regards. Like they're adding back in six v six matchmaking, matchmaking, which is going to be awesome. I'm actually really excited about six v six. Yes. Same, because 6v6 was exciting, and 4v4 is just, you run around a corner and get shot in the head by Because it's fucking madness. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and 4v4 is like, you get teamed on by the same three people every time. They're adding back in random roles in the form of masterworks on stuff. With armor and stuff, yeah. They're adding back in strike scoring to replace Nightfall, so, like... Clearly, they recognized they had a good formula, and that's what made people invested. And they threw it; they threw out the baby with the bathwater, basically. Yeah, exactly. Like they had a game that, like, people came back and played that game two years after it was out, which, like, that doesn't happen in video games. For and like outside of like WoW, um, and like obviously people want to play your game, and then you made a game that like you don't want to play. Like they made it to where you didn't want to play it, and it's like. What? Why? Like you can do both. You can both have it be accessible at the front end and have the huge end game meta game on the back end. Like that's that's possible. It's doable for sure. So I mean, we just gotta wait for whatever their taking king equivalent is next year, and then then yeah, well they'll fix it then. 
Yeah. So I think we've talked enough about bad games. So to kind of end out the cast and also to give Jeff something to talk about, I think we're going to be talking <laughs> about our personal games of the year for 2017. Uh, you know, our top game or whatever game we want to talk about real quickly. Um, sort of before we go here. So Jeff, take it away. Uh, why don't you tell us why Dark Souls 3 was your favorite game of 2017? <laughs> oh, so you guys, that was like 20 minutes of just buzzing in my ears. I, I actually sort of, <laughs> went into this zone where i was just like <laughs> where am i um i have to say there's a lot of of uh jargon <laughs> in destiny yeah destiny's bad yeah destiny is it's a lot of proper nouns and a lot of it's another language yeah but but people but people who know they'll know yeah sure sure and the people who don't fuck them <laughs> yeah uh huh. so i was thinking about the games that i played this year um pretty sure i finished dark souls 3 last year or earlier possibly early in 2017 the main thing that i played the most this year is horizon zero dawn which just like oh fantastic game yeah it's a fantastic game it's gorgeous and i don't even have like a 4k set with hdr it's still a gorgeous game (gasps) i know nick i want to come over to your house and see what it actually looks yeah i i do and it's fucking gorgeous guys it's amazing i want to see it it's but yeah, it's beautiful. It's amazingly written. Um, I am doing that thing that Mitch talks about doing every once in a while where he's just like, I'm going to do everything in the game. I, I am like <laughs> so overleveled. I've played the shit out of it. I do literally every little thing. I pick up all the little plants that are everywhere. It's like obsession level how much I've been playing it. What I love about that game is um mm-hmm. the like versatility you have in combat. Like yeah. you can, you can be stealthy. You can just go out and kill them. You can like sort of prepare the battlefield with traps and right. shit. Yeah. And then like, you know, and there's so many like choice, almost too many that like I went back and played it again um, the, last week. Cause I downloaded the DLC and I'm like, Oh, let me get back into this. And there's so many weapons. I don't remember what they all do. And I'm like, I might need to ease myself back into this somehow <laughs> to remember, but there's just so many options in combat that like, you know, you can play it, whatever you want. I really like that. Right. You can be meticulous if you want to, but it doesn't punish you if you're not good at stealth. Cause I'm historically, I'm very bad at stealth. I've always said that about you. I, I, I do okay in horizon. It gives you a lot of good options to hide and, and sneak around and, and avoid detection. But I loved it. And I did all, like, I did all the challenges there was there's a really hard one where there's like like a bunch of um, really tough stealthy enemies and and you have to like I can't remember it's the because there's hunting grounds throughout the game where you have like little yeah. time challenges and I think the hardest one is all stealth challenges where it's like yeah um the ravagers is that what they're called I forget what they're yeah I, I think that I think that's right yeah like the the cloaked panther robots yeah the cloaked panther things those things were fucking hard to kill uh, in that challenge um, yes. But yeah, so I played that, and I, I've been playing the DLC for that, um, and have not finished the the end game. I probably still have maybe ten hours left in it or so, but uh, yeah. I'll probably get to that soon. So that was the main thing that I played. I also really enjoyed Cuphead, which is punishingly difficult, but um, once you get the hang of it, it's fun. Except I, <laughs> I managed to beat the first world of it, and now the second world is just like holy shit, I don't know if I'll ever manage to beat any of those bosses. It's, it's a very hard game. It's a very hard game. 
It's the Dark Souls of platformers. It doesn't play like Dark Souls, though. It's like no, I know. Yeah, no, it's like old-fashioned difficult. I think so. It, yeah, it's basically it's it's like a Gunstar Heroes uh, type yeah. game more than anything else. Um, and yeah, it's it's just very tough, but it's gorgeous to look at. So even when you're getting your ass kicked repeatedly, you don't really mind too much. Right. It does look really nice. Yeah, I saw a video of somebody who hooked it up on a really really old TV set, like an old black and white set with like. Uh, vertical and horizontal controls and it's just like yes this is perfect it looks exactly uh like it should be played on that that set but um yeah it's a it's a great game it's worth playing but yeah i don't know if i'll ever beat it like when when with dark souls i i eventually felt like i got a hang the hang of it but i don't know if i can ever get the hang of cuphead yeah it's it's rough yeah and then the other stuff that i played uh i did play a game called turing test which is like sort of a a portal descendant where you're um going through a little facility and, and a, a, a a weird AI is talking to you and telling you what to do. And it's worth checking out, but it's sort of, it's very derivative. Like it's, it's a, a decent time, but it's not like a, an amazing game. So that, that one I actually finished. And then the one last thing that I want to talk about um, over the holidays, I picked up dead cells again. Like I bought it in a sale probably like a while back and it was fun. I want to play this. Yeah, it's so it's I bought it. It's the rare game that I bought when it's actually still in early access. I don't normally do that. So I played it and it was fun. And then they released a big rebalancing patch over the December holidays where they like added new mechanics and uh gave you some more powers that you can do and it's it's like just enough to make it like fun but still challenging. So like it makes you feel like you're actually progressing. Um, and I actually started playing it a lot because it was like just enough to make me feel like I was getting more powerful and, and, and winning because before I would play like one or two levels and be like, well, that, that sucked. I I'm fucked, <laughs> you know? Um, but it's, it's sort of like that whole roguelike idea where like every world is sort of a biome that's randomly generated. So the first world is always a certain style and then it's a different, layout every time which is kind of a cool way of doing it so like you know what to expect as far as like enemies and mechanics but the layout is different every time and it's a very pretty game and it's definitely got a little bit of the metroid castlevania style where like you get powers you eventually get castle roid i believe that's called yeah a castle roid (laughs) yeah that's the term well you get powers that that you get to keep after you die eventually. So if you progress far enough you start getting runes, runes that do things right. and open passageways and stuff like that. So I did I did play some games. I just didn't play the games that are like the most popular games of the year at all. Hipster. So. Yeah. Yep. That's okay. That's me. Um, cool. So before we move on to the next person, I will say that like killing your first thunderjaw is one of the best things you can do in gaming of all time yeah that was great like taking down taking down a robotic t-rex is thrilling oh god yeah very 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 cool big year for t-rexes both with uh mario and horizon yeah so nick what you got i mean mine's just kind of like the stuff we've talked about unfortunately the my my big games of the year all right anthony what you got (laughs) uh my big games of the year were were zelda mario and PUBG. Yeah, that's fair. I I think those are literally the only three games you played as well. Yeah, pretty much. Destiny Two and Destiny Two. Yeah, which I mean, even though I hated it, I I don't know. I probably threw what fifty hours into maybe sixty. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I threw like a thousand into D one, so whatever. But um, right. 
but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's I, I had a bit a pretty busy year, so I mostly just played Switch games and then um, and then my the PC with uh, with PUBG, um, and I don't know. For me, it was like it will kind of always be defined as like the year of the Switch for me. Like that console was just a revelation like it was everything that i always kind of wanted in in a, in a game system but if i knew it or not like i mean it is it is a, a proper like hook to your tv game console um but then you can unhook it and take it with you but like you don't lose anything by that like you can like we we gushed all about mario and zelda like two of the greatest games maybe ever made. Um, and not only can you play those on your TV and it can be gorgeous, but then you can just be like, pop, I'm taking it and I'm on the bus with it now. I'm, you know, at the, you know, my lunch break at work with it now. I'm on the plane with it now. I'm, you know, taking it on a trip with me now. Like it's, that's incredible. Like it, it almost makes like any game that goes on the switch, just automatically better than if it was on any other system because you can take it with you. Um, and, and that's kind of where, where, where I am with the year. Like, I mean, it will, the switch defined everything and it was so good. And like the games we didn't even talk about, like Mario Kart or Splatoon or uh, Mario Rabbids, like fantastic right. games or indie games like golf story or Stardew Valley fantastic like i mean it's it was it, i don't know it was su- it was such a good year nintendo like after the wii u we thought like had they lost their way is nintendo ever going to be nintendo again all these questions like oh maybe they should just stop and be like sega and just just make mario and license it out so it, you can play it on your iphone and your ps4 and all that crap and then they go no hold on pump the brakes we're about to drop like the greatest system of this generation (laughs) and just blow everybody away with two of the best games of all time in one year. Like, I mean, they, they went from people worried about that company to now, like they're back to, they just print money Nintendo. Um, so that kind of defined it for me. And then also just playing PUBG with my bros, which was always a blast. You know it. Uh, Anthony, what do you got? All right. Well, I, um, I cannot officially finish my like top ten until I finish playing you know some of the games that I got for Christmas from 2017, uh, but I do know my top four for sure and possibly five. Uh, my game of the year is um, Super Mario Odyssey, uh, without a doubt the most mm-hmm. fun joyful game I played all year. Uh, it is it easily wins. Number two is Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, it just an excellent game. The story in Horizon is really, really good. Uh, it's we didn't really talk about that, so I'll just briefly mention just like it's very. I've, j- I've just started playing. It's it, like so. man, that thing goes places, and uh, I don't know, maybe just because I just had a baby or something, but like every story affects me a little bit more now, and that one was especially uh, affecting. Um, my number three game of the year is Persona Five. Um, Man, that that's the first, like, I played a little bit of Persona 4 Golden. I played about 15, 20 hours, and then I sort of, like, got distracted with something else. But Persona 5, the game has style. It has fantastic music. Uh, the characters are really great. Um, 
just a fa- I put over 100 hours into that thing and uh, just loved every minute of it. It's one of those games that like I had some issues with it, but looking back, like the time I'm like as far as I get further away from it, I like it even more. Um, it's it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, my number four game is Zelda. We've talked about that plenty. Um, and but one game I re- definitely want to mention is Pyre. Um, which is from the people who made Bastion and Transistor uh, Supergiant. And Pyre is this mix of like a sort of like basketball sport type game where you're trying to like get this ball into a goal, um, into a pyre, uh, mixed with like a visual novel in between. And what's great is like you're, you, you, you play as these uh, characters who are exiled uh, from like their their city or whatever, and the way they get back uh, to their city is by winning these rituals, these games, and the the thing, great thing about it is whether you win or lo- like you play like a couple of sort of like practice games, and then you'll get to one like okay, pick somebody from your team. If you win this, then they leave your team and they're gone. Like they might be your best player, um, and they're gone, and they'll go, and they sort of like get to go back to be happy and safe and everything. And if you lose, then someone from the other team gets to leave and you learn about the other team also whenever you meet them. And sometimes you're just like, man, that guy kind of deserves to go home, but fuck it, I'm letting my guy home and said, so I'm going to try and win this, you know? So whether you win or lose, like the story continues. You could lose every single match in the game and the story will still continue and you'll still get plenty out of it. Um, it's a fantastic game. Uh, it's... Uh, it's one of my favorites of the year and I'm close to like replaying it again like I only played it like two or three months ago and I'm like kind of want to go back and play some pirate and like the actual the characters and the music are great but the actual act of playing the sport is man it's fucking fun I wish it was like an online thing they just have local co-op um, I, if they had that thing online I would be playing that like right now pirate, pirate esports <laughs> yes pirate esports should be a thing um <laughs> i do want to play it i do want to play that game yeah and uh, i won't go into any other game uh, with any more detail but i just want to say wolfenstein um bad gameplay put it on easy and play through it just for the story it's fucking nuts like tons of insane moments yep um and for other things i just started playing prey and i like it a lot so far i'm only four hours into it but i like it so nice Mitch. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I only have a couple games uh, that I feel like I need to mention. Number one, Assassin's Creed Origins, actually pretty good. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. On brand. Yeah, I know, right? On brand. Uh, if you dropped off Assassin's Creed in the past few years, I mean, I haven't, but they basically took the extra year that they didn't put out an Assassin's Creed game to kind of tune this up and make it a little bit more different than the last few times. So I've had a lot of fun running around that world and just exploring and doing whatever else, but. My favorite game of the year, and this is going to draw some hate from maybe one person in particular on the podcast, is uh, Sonic Mania. So, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> you got to go fast, Anthony. I love Mitch. I loved. I loved that game. I loved that. It's game. it's it's funny. We kind of talked about how Mario was a big love letter to the history of Mario. Well, Sonic Mania is a big love letter to when Sonic was good. That's true. Uh, <laughs> like. It's just written in, in like, cut-and-pasted magazine letters. Like, Sega's holding Sonic hostage, and, yeah. <laughs> but, I don't know, I really enjoyed it. 
Sonic Mania has some reused levels from across the series. It's got levels from 1, 2, 3, and CD, but they're all done really well. They're all huge. They all have varying secret paths. There's there's Tails routes. There's specific Knuckles routes where you get to use his special gliding and climbing abilities to reach levels. Parts of the level that you can't even see with Sonic. The new levels are fantastic. The soundtrack is amazing. Such a good soundtrack. The person who composed it, his name is T. Lopes. He's a genius. Go listen to this. Even if you don't like Sonic, go listen to the soundtrack. It will it will rock your socks off. I don't really have much bad to say about Sonic Mania, I, except for the fact that there are a couple bosses that are pretty lame. Uh, if you've played the game, you know what I'm talking about. The Press Garden Act 1 boss and the two Oil Ocean bosses are not great. But other than that, the game is fantastic. It's fun. It's colorful. It's original. It's fresh. It's it's fresh while also being a throwback to when Sonic was good, so it's nostalgic and brand new. It was just a lot of fun. I just would like to say on the record, because I had said something, I have not played Sonic Mania, but Sonic has never been a good game. You're wrong. And if this harkens back to when Sonic is good, then it means it's this is also bad. You're wrong. There has never been a good Sonic video game. It's always been awful. It's not <laughs> fun to play. Uh, but I'm glad you like it so much. Sonic is bad. You can't make Sonic great again because Sonic was never great. Sonic was great. Sonic was great in 1992 and 1993. No, it was not. It was still bad. Yes, it was. It was so bad. No, you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> it was so bad. Can I tell a quick story? Sure. Yes. So uh, my parents visited uh, us for Christmas this year. They came out here instead of us going back to Texas or Illinois for Michelle's family or whatnot. Um so they came out here and we were hanging out and uh, my mom and sister both love Sonic. They would back when I was younger and I would play Sonic, they would join in and play as well. And so I was like, oh, let me show you this. I got there's a new Sonic game out, but it's kind of like the old games that you used to play. And we fired up the switch and we played Sonic and I, I was like, you know, you know, it's it's just like the game you remember, like it, even the first level is like the exact same and uh, until it's not. But it, I was like, you know, it's Sonic. I gave the controller to my mom and she started to play and had a blast and she handed it to my sister and she had a blast. And then I played it and we kind of just handed the controller around and just like went through the first few worlds. And it was man it was such a great nostalgia trip like it was it felt like we were back in like mid 90s playing sonic again as a family and it was a when sonic was good when sonic was good and it was just it i don't know it was a really it was a really cool a really cool thing and also like i got my genesis originally as a christmas present so it's like i have that memory also of like opening the genesis on christmas day and popping in Sonic and playing that. So it's, it was kind of, you know, calling back to that too. So I don't know. I think the fact that your family was able to bond over something that was awful is the most 2017 thing possible. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm very happy for you guys. It's really like if you and someone went to go see The Last Jedi and you both thought it was good. It's kind of the same <laughs> oh, here we go. sort of thing. Yeah, that's exactly the same thing. Okay, on that note, on that note, Mitch, did you have any more games? Uh, Total Warhammer 2 is also good. That's all I got to say. Sorry, Total War Warhammer 2. <laughs> How many wars are in this game? Total War, Warhammer 2 War? War, War, Total War, Wars, Warhammer, 
Vor. Wait, did you say Vor? Hmm? Did you say Vor? All right. <laughs> We're not playing that game, Nick. <laughs> that is the end of our discussion and the end of the podcast. Uh, thank you all for waiting the two years it took us to make this cast. We <laughs> will try to be back before 2020. No promises. Uh, I have been Mitch. I do not use Twitter anymore, so I will let these other fine gentlemen uh, outro themselves. I am Anthony. I, you can find me at, at Anthony Taylor underscore, and I mostly just tweet about Star Wars now. So if you don't like that, then don't fucking follow me. He's actually why Mitch left Twitter, because <laughs> Mitch hates <laughs> Star Wars so much. <laughs> so much. So, so much. If I see one more fucking Nissan commercial with Star Wars, I'm driving down to the Lucas Ranch and burning it to the ground. <laughs> That is not real NSA. Don't at me. That's a separate issue. Um, I'm I'm Jeff, and I'm at Unsquare, and I s- still use Twitter, but I don't. I'm not happy about it. So there you go. And I'm Nick. I'm at Nick Camardo. I'm fine with Twitter. Um, <laughs> it's, it's it's how I get most of my news and whatnot. And even though a lot of it makes me sad and angry about politics, um, yeah, that's that's the world we live in in 2018 now. So. Uh, yeah, but that's, uh, that's everything. So thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast and, uh, and, and if you want to follow our absence, oh. former co-host, you can follow him at twitter.com slash Eddie Rivas. He tweets about milk and buying physical games and yeah. Follow at gamer sushi, right? We probably won't post on there, but you can follow us anyways. <laughs> <laughs> do what you want we don't care <laughs> we don't care we really don't care live your life <laughs> all right cool all right well thanks for listening guys bye thank you bye 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 So now we got to do the thing where we like all like shuffle papers and pretend to we talk to each other while the music plays over the outro. Oh man, that was a great uh, that was a great broadcast. Uh, I really think that uh, your choice of game of the year is shit, but I'm really happy to <laughs> <laughs> really happy to smile at you and pretend that I didn't think that. So angry. <laughs> <laughs>